0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Critics' Corner Podcast. I'm William Locke, and joining me, as he does every week, is Luis Barranco. Luis, Otani has signed the biggest domino has fallen.
1: Are we surprised? Really, are we, are, are we surprised? It's like me acting surprised when it rains in Miami. Like, like, are, 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 like really, are we, are we surprised? I mean, like, on Friday... We're, you know, we had the whole Canada tweets and like the plane saga and like, yeah, shit happened on Friday. But like, are we really surprised? Like, come on.
0: In no way am I surprised that he signed with the Dodgers. It was something that I predicted before the season started. It was pretty obvious. You could see the Dodgers for, for the past two seasons really have, have kind of structured their their payroll and their team around signing Otani this offseason. So Definitely no surprise in terms of Otani going to the Dodgers. I thought, like you said, the saga was kind of interesting, and and the contract itself is super interesting. And I think that's where we're going to spend the majority of our conversation with this thing. And and you know, I'm glad we waited a couple of days after to, to <laughs> wait to wait and see as like more details kind of rolled out. Because uh, yeah, the deal is very fascinating. And I mean, you did kind of get duped. A lot of people got duped, including John Morosi uh, on on the Toronto plane thing.
1: I did. And it was just Robert Herzavec. I mean, uh, the Shark Tank dude. The, the funniest thing, like, let's just, like, stop free coding it and let's just get down to it. Man, the doctors just put this man on layaway. They got here Otani. Put that man on layaway, man. Like, paid it off like rent, bro. Like, they're just like, all right, we're going to buy a car, a house, in, like, 40 years. That's what they did with Otani. Like, straight up. They used a, uh, what's his, uh, like, a, a line? What's that one called? Affirm. They they used freaking Affirm to sign Otani.
0: Just for... You know, clarity sake. 10 years, $700 million. Deal was signed on Sunday. It's the largest contract in sports history, uh, eclipsing Messi's $673 million deal with Barcelona. Uh, second largest baseball contract behind Otani is Mike Trout's deal for $426.5 million. So this deal is, is far and away the biggest contract in baseball history. Obviously, the biggest story coming out of this thing is the deferred money. And Otani, he's going to be deferring all but $2 million of his annual salary. So he would have been making $7 million, $70 million a year, uh, and he's deferring $68 million of that um, until after the completion of the contract. So the deferred money isn't going to be paid until 2020, 2034 through 2043. So it's kind of similar to the Mets and the Bobby Bonilla contract situation. Um, so basically, he's deferring $680 million of the $700 million deal that he signed with the Dodgers uh, and then you talk about competitive balance tax. Uh, the figure for the Dodgers is expected to be around forty-six million dollars. Thanks to thanks to these deferrals, would have been around seventy mil. Um, and apparently, this was Otani's idea, uh, according to his agent Nez Belelo. Uh He wanted to lower that CBT number to give the Dodgers more freedom, uh, you know, to spend on the team around him and kind of avoid those higher CBT tax thresholds. Uh, and, and as of now. Uh, And we'll talk about a trade that literally just went down before we were going to hit play on this, on this pod. The Dodgers are around $16 million under that first CBT tax threshold. Um, So that was, that was the biggest story with this thing is the deferrals. And you mentioned like, it's kind of like buying a, you know, Ferrari or whatever on, on layaway saying, yeah, I'll buy a Ferrari now. I'll spend 2000, I'll I'll give you $2,000 now. And over the course of the next 50 years, I'll I'll pay off the rest of it. Um, Yeah, it's, it, it doesn't. For me, it doesn't surprise me. Otani is a winner and he seems like very, very selfless. And clearly this is a very selfless move for him. Obviously, he's going to make the money elsewhere through endorsement deals. Apparently, he made like $40 million in endorsement deals this past season alone. Obviously, he has that deal with New Balance, uh, Fanatics and Tops, and then tons of, of companies in Japan. So it's unprecedented.
1: It really is unprecedented. My, my thing is is like this is such a freaking – you know. Like, this reminds me, like, Otani reminds me a lot of Kawhi Leonard. Not just because of the New Balance, but it's just, Mm -hmm. like, it would seem like they would be, like, so, like, into the business side. I mean, Otani, the the biggest thing that hurts Otani's like, marketability in the States is that he he doesn't, like, speak English. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm just saying, like, it's kind of hard to market, you know, your biggest star when he doesn't speak English. And, you know, the other big thing was that they, uh, that there's no opt-outs unless there's specific change in the Dodger personnel. And there was rumored that he's a long time, um, which we'll call it translator for the angels. I, I don't know his name, but that was like, Oh, if they ever got rid of him, like, Oh, Tony can opt out. But it's Andrew Freeman, That's the good. president of bas- uh, baseball operations and controlling owner, Mark Walter, which there is been rumblings that the Dodgers are going to look to like cash out. Guggenheim capital is going to cash out eventually. Cause think about it. Right. You, you really do think about how much money, like if you were to sell the Dodgers right now, how much are they valued by Forbes?
0: Over a billion. I can pull it out. A billion while you're too
1: little. If the Clippers went for like. 4.8 billion. 4.8 billion. Post Otani, that's probably going to go up to 6 billion. Granted, if they win a World <sighs> Series and everything, they'll get up to 6. You'll probably yep. sell them up for 7. So, I mean, that's a cash cow to sell
0: oh yeah it's a dream if you're an owner for Remember sure you, it's like it's like Giannis re-signing with the Bucks.
1: I mean yeah but I mean this is like cash cow the Dodgers still have clear holes on their on their team I mean great you know if this is Otani the pitcher you're getting the pitcher which we aren't yet you know you're getting the hitter great that'd be great because you don't have anybody after like who's in the rotation like legitimately who is in the Dodger rotation who are Urias might as, it might be pitching in Japan next year Walker Bueller's coming off of Tommy John.
0: They just, we, we can talk about the yeah, trade. We'll,
1: we'll get there. Tony Goslin, and, and I'll say my thing about the Tony Goslin is hurt. I mean, Kershaw still had surgery and is a free agent. So who's pitching?
0: Yeah. The rotation is thin. I think it that's is, a huge oh, story. It is more and than Finn. What are you talking about? They don't have anybody. They, well, we'll talk about the well, trade. They just my made. biggest
1: thing, and look, before we get into the trade, my biggest thing.
0: Because I want to keep talking about Otani.
1: Too, yeah, my yeah. biggest thing too is that about the whole move is like great for the lineup, but you're still like there's still clear holes in that lineup. Like you have like probably the best four front four in baseball, but like you're still running Jason Hayward yes. out there in right field, and that, that is a negative bat in your lineup. Like they still have like holes to fill. So I mean,
0: hundred percent. I mean, they yeah. still
1: have holes to fill, and I mean, this was kind of something that we alluded to that like. They had to go spend because on bats, like a bat like Otani, because their team really, like, it's top heavy. There's not much depth to it. And the deaf guys they did have didn't perform up to, like, average MLB standards. Like, Kike Hernandez was awful for, like, the Red Sox. And, yeah, he was okay with the Dodgers. But, like, this isn't Kike Hernandez from 2018, 2019, 2020 teams. Like, it ain't him. And you still got Miguel Rojas, which I mean, Miguel Rojas is a great platoon infielder, slash, you know, utility infielder for a contending team. So, like, yeah, it's great. You get one of the best bats in baseball. I mean, congratulations. My biggest thing is I'm worried about the Dodgers is who's gonna keep pitching and who's gonna like you still got holes in that lineup. You gotta fill that lineup up somehow.
0: Totally. Yeah, there's they're they're very top heavy. Right now they're a projected lineup. Uh, according to Roto champion obviously you got betts otani freeman will smith good top four will smith kind of regressed a little bit last season i would year, say yeah
1: but he was still a top two five catcher in baseball
0: yeah yeah max muncy who just re-upped James Outman Chris Taylor Jason Hayward and Gavin Lux coming off that torn ACL um so and then right now their projected rotation uh not including the trade that we'll talk about in a minute they got Bueller Bobby Miller Emmitt Shaheen, Tony Gosselin, and you know Dustin May is going to be out um, with that Tommy John surgery. He got sorry, Gosselin's out for the season with Tommy John as well. I forgot well. Dustin um, May. I He got TJ again. Uh yeah. Well, he had an elbow, uh, in, uh, elbow thing. I believe wow. he got Tommy John. Yeah. So, so they're banged this point, up in at that this rotation. Point, you
1: should just make Dustin May a freaking closer at this point. At this yeah,
0: point. yeah. He's he's battled injury. Can you imagine
1: Dustin May coming out with the red hair and the knife pitching like. Ninety
0: five, ninety six. That might be his his calling. Yeah, I think you that you're onto something there. My last note on the Otani thing is yes, seven hundred million dollars is obviously a, a ton of money, and I know they're going to be paying it through twenty forty three. Um, but the deal is is going to pay for itself. I mean, he, he's a cash cow. We talked about his endorsement uh, deals, and you know, apparently he made, according to the L.A. Times. He made the the Angels around ten to twenty million dollars a year in marketing and advertising alone. Um, so, and the Dodgers are obviously a much bigger organization, a much bigger brand than the Angels. They outdrew the Angels by fifteen thousand fans last season alone uh, per game. So, you, it's it's also kind of sad how like. They're in the same market. They're both in Los Angeles, but the Dodgers are just so much more of a brand. Where the same thing is true of like Clippers, Lakers. So it, it does happen in other sports, but I mean it, the 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 difference between the Angels and the Dodgers is massive. So he's he's going to make the Dodgers an absolute fortune, uh, and he he was very selfless with with the, with the deferrals. I, I mean I got to respect him for that. He clearly cares about winning, and the Dodgers continue to be active this off season. Obviously they're in on Yamamoto still. We believe. But they just wait, traded wait. for Tyler Glassman. Can I, can I
1: make a point? Can I make a point before we go? Yes. So this, yes. Then, Sorry. Um, my point is, if the Yankees did that deferral contract, oh my god, it'd be over. Like, media would end the Yankees.
0: In in a bad way or, a, bad or a good way? way? If
1: the Yankees gave out a deferred contract to somebody, it'd be like, that's cheating. Like, that's that's you can't do that. Like, nobody's kind like of outra- like, yeah, there's outrage, but... You imagine the Yankees pull that? It's just like, oh man, like despicable. I know, like the sidebenders are bending the rules. It, well,
0: there was some there, like there was some of that, right? But yeah, you're right. It 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 did, or it wasn't as big as you would expect. I, I didn't see a ton of backlash. I don't really think it, that should be allowed. It it's smart by the Dodgers. It's smart by Otani, but. I think we're going to maybe start to see teams maybe take advantage of this more often, depending on the player, obviously, uh, moving forward. And, and, and so I was going to bring up the, the Tyler Glasnow deal. The Dodgers just traded for Glasnow with the Rays before we started recording this podcast. Uh, to, to highlight the trade, you got Tyler Glasnow and outfielder Manuel Margot going to the Dodgers. In return, the Dodgers are, the Dodgers are shipping the Rays Right-handed pitcher, reliever slash starter, Ryan Pepio, fellow Butler Bulldog, and Johnny DeLuca. Uh, so they, Johnny DeLuca is an outfielder as well. Um, Glasnow is obviously the headliner in this deal. The deal is still contingent upon the Dodgers signing Glasnow to an extension. He has one year on his deal. He's getting paid $25 million in 2024, this upcoming season, his age 30 season, and then uh he'll be a free agent. So they need to sign him to an extension before this deal can actually go through, which is something I've never seen before. Um, at least not not that's my memory. Um so Dodgers continue to be innovative in, in this offseason. But I'm sure that was the raise that put that uh that uh contingency in that deal. Nonetheless, Glasnow he missed he missed some time last year with an oblique injury, but for me the story with him is he's he's been hurt. Uh, He missed all of 2022 with Tommy John, missed Mm -hmm. half of 2021 with Tommy John when he was having an all-star season, uh, and then it was cut short in around July. Uh, Missed a lot of time in 2019 with an arm injury and then missed some time in 2016 with a shoulder injury. Glasnow is one of the best pitchers in, in the league when healthy. I'd say he's a top 10 to 15 guy when he's on. My thing with him is... He's not healthy that often. I mean, he he did pitch to a three five three ERA last season in uh, 120 innings pitched and 21 starts, Uh, but the most you know that was the most he's pitched in his entire career. That was the most innings pitched and most starts that he's had, um, dating back to when his career started in 2016. So obviously, the Dodgers needed to target pitching, and they get their get a guy in Glass now. Uh, But my thing is, a you're signing to. You have to sign him to that extension and B, he he's always hurt.
1: Yeah, no, my my thing is uh like he is an LA kid. He he grew up in LA, so I think this is a homecoming for him. But the problem I think about it is like dude's never healthy. And it was like what's what's his role in this daughter team? Like right now he's the number one pitcher. Mm -hmm. Like, it's kinda like I don't know if like, don't get me wrong, we are Glasnow fans, but like you also have to think about how much of the Glasnow stuff because he has a monster curveball, is Tampa Bay uh, player development, two, one. And then the next point is, is, like, I don't think he is a top line, like, you know. There's a reason why the Dodgers got him, like, this cheap. Like, don't get me wrong. We're big Ryan Pepeo guys. But, like, there's a reason why, like, the market was that cheap for him. And I don't want to say cheap in yeah. a bad way because, I mean, you know, think about it. The Reds were linked and the Reds have better farm assets than the, than the Dodgers right now and the Cubs. Cubs right now are a top five MLB system right now. So the fact that he went for a three, four pitcher and I I can't, I'll be honest. I don't know. I'm no disrespect, but like, I don't know anything about Johnny DeLuca. Like I haven't looked at his, uh, MILB profile. So. I can't, I can't
0: Yeah, he's only played twenty four games in the base. Uh, not much sample I can't, size. I
1: can't tell you much about that. So it's kind of like I mean, there's a reason why he went that cheap. And like you are gonna have to make a substantial financial commitment to a guy who's not proven to be hurt, proven to be hurt. So this is kind of a move that I like it's high risk, high reward. Hey, if they're able to get the guy that was in Tampa, the non injured guy, great move, great number two guy for the playoffs. And even a three guy because Kershaw would pitch a two or a three game. But if they can't, you know, keep him healthy, just say Nate Chief.
0: Yeah. And another thing about this deal is we just talked about how the Dodgers have struggled with injury in the rotation. We listed off all the guys that are, are either going to be out next year or going to be, you know, limited next year. You got Bueller coming back from Tommy John, probably going to be on some type of innings count, you know, pitch count. And then you go out and make a trade for a frontline starter, but he also struggles with injury. So he could just become yet another injury issue for the Dodgers moving forward next season. Um, but it 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 is kind of a buy low, in terms of what you're giving up. Now the contract, we'll see how much he goes for contract wise. It could end up being a buy, uh, a buy high type move. I do like this deal for for Tampa Bay. I mean, you get off a guy, you get some type of return um, for you know your your star pitcher really, uh, and and I think this is going to be a great move for Ryan Pepeo himself. You know, he goes into any pitcher. Should be happy when they get traded to Tampa Bay. And you know, Pepio battled that oblique injury last season. Only ended up pitching 42 innings uh, in eight games, but he did fin- uh, did finish with a 2.14 ERA uh, in, in a 204 ERA plus. Like I said, he's he is a guy that can start. He can kind of be like a a back end of the rotation, eat innings type guy, or he can come out of the bullpen. Started seven games in 2022. Started three last year. Uh, 2022 when he made his debut in in the middle of the summer like June July time I believe 36 innings uh, pitched to a thir- three four seven ERA and a 117 ERA plus so and he, he you know he is he is a flyball pitcher he's known for his changeup he does give up a, a fair amount of home runs and, and walks um, but I think you get him in that you get him in that Tampa Bay Tampa system Bay, and he's just they're gonna get magic. some voodoo magic <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna get the voodoo magic going on him I think it's a great move for for him personally.
1: He's going to have some sweeper by the start of next year. And it's going to be like, yep, sweeper with like six inches of break. And it's just going to be like, Mm yep, spin rates up to like 2,000 RPMs. You know, I don't know, like voodoo magic. You know, you you better hope he doesn't give up fly balls in Yankee Stadium because those things are going to leave the park. And that's something that we have to like think about. Like the AL East used to be very, very hitter friendly. But as we've seen modifications to ballparks like Baltimore, uh, Toronto, you know, it's becoming very pitcher friendly. Like Camden is not a hitter friendly park anymore. Like that's a very very Mm-mm. pitcher's park. I mean, Toronto didn't they push their? I know, I think they pushed their uh, dimensions back a bit.
0: Like right center, yeah, they they made some updates to the outfield heading into last and then, year. And then, yeah,
1: you know, Boston. I mean, the Green Monster is just you know. You have to pull the ball out to, you know, out the what is it? Penske pole, or whatever. I forgot the name.
0: Yeah, that's right. field. Yeah, yeah. Pull out
1: the right. I mean, I think he gets a, might get a four by 100. I think that's the number.
0: Yeah. I think He'll so. Something, something.
1: $80 million range in a contract fee. So maybe four or five years. Probably. I mean, he is young. 28, 29, right? 30. He's yeah,
0: 30. He's 20, Age 30, 30 season.
1: Jesus Christ, man. I'm getting old. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean. Um, I think we just need to crack open the thing I want to talk about because like okay they got him that cheap I mean Margot's gonna be great outfield def but like I mean is he a guy that you're like crazy about playing no I mean he's solid you know he's pretty solid. yeah
0: he's a replacement level guy 91 OPS plus in, in 2023 what works for him? Uh, Two 264 average you know
1: He's okay.
0: He, he's kind of one another one of those guys that they have in outfield alongside a, a Hayward or a Chris Taylor. Like, he doesn't stand out between those they guys. They worked
1: some voodoo magic out in LA. Like, they revived Jason Hayward. They revived so many careers. So it's just like, it is what it is. I sure. think we just need to uncork the biggest thing that we just need to talk about and get to the Yanomoto, a.k.a. Y-squared. That's his nickname from now on. We're calling him Y-squared. What is going on? He's taking so
0: many meetings. Bro, that's Philly, Yankees, Dodgers, Mets. He's going all, all, he's traveling all around the country. Is he trying to get like a, is he trying to do like a Taste of America tour you right know now?
1: what he reminds me of, bro. He's that girl you meet and like, you know, you know, she's going on other dates. Like you, you go on other dates, you present yourself very well, you think <laughs> you, like you had a great date, everything, but you just know that like she's going in like on other dates. So it's just kind of like, like you put like, we all know the Yankees put out the two, what is it? Two eighty bag, something like that. Something they, like that. They put yeah. out the bag, and like he's still taking like these meetings. Like you know, something's up. Like is he? Just, he's trying to get three hundred, but is he just not happy? Like what? Like it's just like, like what does he
0: want? Like, <laughs> and and how does how can the Phillies possibly afford a three hundred million dollar contract little with little all the guys little. they have locked up that's right what now? I'm
1: saying he's that girl you take out on a date but then goes on multiple other dates after, you know, presenting yourself and knowing it goes out great. It's just like,
0: like. Where is he going? I mean, I guess with the deferrals with Otani, the Dodgers aren't out of the sweepstakes. I don't think the Glasnow move would mitigate a Yamamoto signing either. God
1: knows, you know, he may be taking a meeting freaking in Texas real soon at this point. Like at the (laughs) pace we're going, like, this this is what it do. It's just like, bro, what is this dude, like, it's just like. What does they What does Philly have? Like, what does he have that, I, that New York doesn't have? You're both on the East Coast. You're Both are big media markets. Like, what does he have? Like, do you just want to go pitch in Philadelphia in front of the link and be able to go to Eagles games? Or you just want to eat Philly cheesesteaks at, you know, at, um, I don't know God knows where because it's not Geno's or Pat's because that's like, you know, the commercial crap. Or, you know, like, what does he want? Like, okay, I'm, I'm going to just do my analysis. If you're going to Philadelphia, it's obviously you want to go win. But the thing is, you're not going to get the bag in Philly, and you're going to be a number three. That's just number two or three. That's 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 one. Um, The problem with the Dodgers is that the Dodgers, like, and I don't know how much this plays, but you're 25, and you're going to be always under Otani's shadow. Like, you're never going Mm -hmm. to be thought of as that, like, Guy, you're always going to be shadowed by other stars, and you're never going to get the freaking credit that you're going to get. Yes, there is another Japanese player. He did say he wants to play with other Japanese players. So, hey, Otani. But, like, you know.
0: Yeah, I agree. He's always going to be under Otani's shadow, 100%. And then
1: let's go to the Mets. The Mets, we don't know what the Mets' plan is. Like, we know their plan, but it's just like, why are you going to go spend this amount of money? It's just like if you're going to the Mets, you're literally playing long games. You're playing for like you're going to that dude that's going to like that's you're gonna fix. You're gonna fix this guy and you're gonna get him back to you know, you're gonna mold him how you wanna be. Like he'll he'll be the number one and eventually, you know, he'll come up with the core of whatever they have in the minor league system, and he'll be that guy. Him and Polar Bear will be the two faces of that franchise.
0: They also have Kodai Senga, another Japanese oh, player who had Kodai a really good rookie. Senga, season. But that's
1: what I'm saying, you're going to be the poster child. Okay? Yeah. And
0: yeah. then
1: Here's my thing. New York, the Yankees. The Yankees have been, like, front and center. They've, they've saved number 18, which is his number. Um, Brian Cashman has gotten his Japanese Airlines frequent flyer miles to the roof because they're saying that him and the scouting team <laughs> have been going back and forth to Tokyo midseason. So maybe that's yeah. the reason that we've, he didn't do anything at the trade deadline because he was too busy on a freaking plane flying to, for, for, to Tokyo Narita, getting those flight miles up to see Yanomoto. I would think, I'm going to be honest, like, I'll go from team-by-team team perspective. The Mets, this is kind of Mets fool's gold. If you get them, you get them. If you don't, you don't. It's kind of like you're just gambling. Like, you're,
0: you're, And they'll, they'll spend big on whatever free agent's available next offseason.
1: They're just gambling. They're like, you know, they're like the guy at the casino that they get lucky. They want $100 extra dollars, already paid for their drinks, already has their valet paid out, and there's a, oh, crap, I got $20 left on, on my bankroll. Might just go put it on a number and see if we can hit. And if we hit cool, like, I have my rent money paid out for the next month. Um, <laughs> Phillies, I mean, I think the Phillies are getting used more as filler. And the Phillies are just trying to, like, hey, you know, if you like us, we will happily take you. But you understand that we have already something in place. Like, the Phillies know their <laughs> worth. That's, that's the type of dude. Like They know their worth, and they're not going to push the envelope. They'll be like, cool, I'll give you this, but you're going to be at my rules, and this is what you're going to be. Cool. The Dodgers, the Dodgers are thirsty. The, th- the Dodgers are just twerking for every pitcher at this point. They have, like, <laughs> they're, they're just on every single pitcher. They believe, in, like, Dylan Cease, everybody. They are like, they have so many holes to cover up right now. Like, God, they're, they're like DIY fixer upper. Like, they just need an HGTV <laughs> show for their starting pitching rotation. Like, I'm telling you right now, like, like we said, they have nobody, nobody is, nobody's safe in, in LA to start. Like, is there a guy? Who, like Who is starting opening day for the Dodgers next year?
0: Right now, Glass now probably. Yeah, but, but if he's healthy,
1: God knows he might get hurt and pull an oblique right. at, at spring training. So at this point, the Dodgers will give you the most playing time. You get to go play in LA, your favorite freaking team, and you'll be in LA. The only problem is you're going to be playing in LA. Like Nobody's going to give a shit about you because you're playing in LA.
0: Yeah.
1: And now New York? In New York, it's simple. If you're playing with the Yankees, you're playing with one of the most storied franchises in MLB history. You're going to to try to be a part of number 28. And if you're a part of 28, that is a big deal. Like, winning a – I feel like being in the Yankee fraternity of winning a World Series is bigger than winning a World Series in other places. Like, you're part of a select group of members that have done it. You're pitching in New York. You know, yeah, New York loves their sports. They, you know, they love their baseball. And you'll be forever regarded a hero in that city. And the thing is, the pressure is not going to be that high immediately. Like, okay, you're going to get the $300 million contract, but like, you're not going to be put on the spot immediately because Garrett Cole is the number one guy. They
0: have Aaron Judge also. Juan Silva. Also, there's more, also, I'd say there's more pressure on Rodon from a fan perspective to get his shit together. Where they would give Yamamoto time to adjust to MLB. That's that's what I'm saying.
1: You're not gonna like. He's not gonna feel the most pressure. And it's just like for me, it's like, what do I want? Do I really just want to be in a Jag, just another guy out on the wet West Coast, or do I want to go actually win? And the thing is, is like, okay, I think the key to any Yamamoto deal is gonna be probably some type of options. Because if I'm if I am him, I am 25. Ideally, I would like to sign. A long-year contract because, of course, you want that financial security in case you have Tommy John or some shoulder injury happens. But I think you need to sign a nine-year contract with some type of options to opt out in year four, five, and six. Because then you can dip back into free agency and get a bigger bag in four or five years and be 29, 30 at the peak of your career. That makes sense. I don't think any yeah. team wants to do that because it's kind of like that's a lose scenario because you're going to have to end up paying him more. But, like, I don't get what he wants.
0: Yeah, that was great. Really that was on, bro.
1: These teams are getting left on red at this point. And, like, the team like, <laughs> what do we freaking do? It's just like we hear one day, like, bro, I wouldn't be surprised that he gets sick of America and tomorrow we wake up and he's like, oh, he's in Canada taking a visit with the Blue Jays. Like, I, I, I could just see it, like, at this point.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, who knows? He That was really funny. That was funny. And, look,
1: and, look, and looking at it from the perspective of this, the Phillies and Mets have nothing to lose. So they're probably just driving up a price for all the teams. The Phillies are probably going to yeah. give up like a $250 million contract with like options so they can put it, put it back to L.A. and New York. Now here's the other part. Um, I think the team that has the most to lose is the Dodgers. If the Dodgers don't get Yanomoto, like they're going to have to just – Peace out the farm system to go get another pitcher. Because if you're the Yankees, I mean, and I read this post, and I want to give credit to the Reddit poster. The Yankees problem in the past couple of years has never been hitting. This, like, this iteration, like this construction of the Yankees, that I mean, pitching, excuse me, has, like, it yeah. hasn't been pitching. So if you miss out on Yanomoto, yeah, it's going to hurt. But, hey, you'll get a free run to Ro- next next summer. You'll get a free run. You'll get a free run with the Mets. And at that point, it's just kind of like, okay, you saved up all this money. And, I mean, Steinbrenner will get mad and he gets outbid, which the thing is, is, like, this is going to really test the Steinbrenner family resolve because the Yankees never get outbid. Like, when, when we were growing up, whenever you were linked with the Yankees, you, you they, they wouldn't lose out on these guys.
0: It, it, if, yeah, they, if the Yankees targeted somebody, they got them.
1: They got, yeah. And if it, if it came down to money, like, the pockets were empty. The Yankees' pockets are fat. They're healthy, you know. They're very overweight, unhealthy bodies, you know. <laughs>
0: One one thing about the Yankees, you mentioned like he would become a a, a legend, uh, like immortalized in the city. Same thing happened with you know fellow countryman Hideki Matsui, won the World Series MVP in two thousand nine, absolute Yankee legend. Uh, and so I, I think he could take a similar track for for the Yankees if he does go there. But we'll we'll, we'll stay on. You know, we'll keep tabs with Yamamoto. Who knows? Even where, even where he's bro, even go.
1: Tanaka, bro. The love on Tanaka oh, oh, yeah. is crazy. And like he, like don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he had a bad Yankee career, but it wasn't like you know. The thing is, there's always like a for me, there's always like a buyer beware on these Japanese pitchers coming over because they always get so overhyped and they always end up being so freaking mid. Let's let's take an example. Daisuke Matsuzaka. When Daisuke came over, this dude was going to be the phenom, and he was just pretty mid. Then Tanaka, yeah, he was. He was good, but he wasn't built out to be like, you know, he's the flavor of the month. He's a Japanese dude of the year. So it's just kind of like there's always some dude that they bring over from Japan that's always like, oh, yeah, this dude's going to be great. But he's just really mid. He also like, yeah, he's 25. It's going to take him time to get into the mob. Like Kodai that everybody's like, oh, the ghost sport ball.
0: Was he that great? He's a 2-3 guy. Kodai Senga was really good last yeah. year. We'll see what happens. But I'm just saying, but it's just two. like
1: he was not overhyped. It's like, oh, he's not a front line guy. That's what I'm saying. So people are like, you know,
0: yeah. There's a lot of pressure on him. There's a lot of pressure on these guys coming over from right away. And I think we should talk about another foreign player coming over to MLB. Jung Ho Lee. He signs with the Giants. Six years, 113 million. He was the 2022 MVP of KBO. Uh, playing for the Kiwoon Heroes, his 2023 2023 season was cut short due to a broken ankle that is fully healed. Uh, he's still slashed 318, 406, and 455 with six homers and 45 ribbies last year. Uh, over the last three seasons, he's posted an OPS about 32 percent better than the rest of the KBO. Uh, he hit 24 home runs in 2022, although he doesn't really have, or he did not have, one other season in double digits. The deal certainly surpasses industry estimates. He's an outfielder, good bat to ball skills, doesn't strike out much, good plate discipline, but he's an average defender and he, he does not hit for power. Uh, there is an opt out after the fourth year in the deal, and it is still pending a physical. Just kind of interesting note because he's coming off that ankle injury. Same thing with Carlos Correa, and when he signed with the Giants oh, last year,
1: Giants and ankles. But, what Giants and ankles? What a dynamic duo, yeah. man! That just just take him to the altar over at freaking. In Vegas and get them freaking married for the night. Easy moment.
0: <laughs> Can I tell you what I think this deal reeks
1: of? I was going to ask you, like, have you seen tape on this guy? This, this is a... this. Have you seen tape on this guy? He he plays with
0: a lot of energy. I've seen that.
1: So what, what are we talking about? Pearson Bader, Brett, Brett Gardner regen? The, the Korean version?
0: Mm-hmm. Something like that. I This deal reeks of desperation for the Giants. The Giants, and this is something Ken Rosenthal... Reported this morning on on his uh, about his it. outlet foulball TV, they're struggling to attract free agents because of everything. Maybe you know, wrong or not, the the perception around San Francisco right now is negative. You factor in the the California state income tax, and it's becoming less and less of a of an appealing free agent destination. Buster Posey, who helps the Giants recruit free agents, mentioned that as well that they're they're struggling right now and. They they miss out on Otani. Not that they were really ever in on Otani, so they go out and get Jung Ho Lee for for what was a pretty big overpay, in my opinion. For you know, KBO is probably equivalent equivalent to like Double A, a in, yeah. in in America, mm-hmm. and I mean that's a lot of money for a guy that is is basically like a Masataka Yoshida type player, in my opinion. But
1: Masataka Yoshida had better basketball skills. We we were talking about Masataka Yoshida's hands to be elite balls, like his hands are, are like pretty good. My my thing is is like it's hard to like the Giants are just probably gonna have to take the approach of just either one overpaying guys or just starting the home grow guys. Cause at this point it's getting hard and hard to bring dudes in. Because yeah. it's it's an expensive city to live in. The ballpark sucks for hitters. So you know if you're a power guy, bro, your value just tanks because instead of hitting forty you're gonna be hitting like that. And then that outfield's so big that, like, those big boppers, like, Jorge Soler, bro, would die out there, bro. He would freaking die in that yeah. outfield. So, I mean, it's very, very difficult to go get guys into San Francisco. I mean, I haven't seen tape on this guy. Um, I think he's a Boris guy. So, of course. He is
0: a Boris guy, So, yeah. Boris
1: is making his yearly commission again. So, I mean, hats <laughs> off to him. I mean, I don't know. The Giants are getting really, really near into that uh, – very murky territory of being just mid, just borderline 81
0: and 81. Are are the Giants gonna turn into uh, like the angels?
1: No, nah, I think there's just too much there's too much like there's too much investment into that team. And they're the they're the big dogs out there in SF. You're gonna you are SF's team. And they have more history.
0: Well the big dogs in SF are, are the the Niners and the Warriors. But I'm just saying baseball wise, baseball wise. Oh, of course yeah of course
1: i, 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 just, I mean, it's just it's just like what are you gonna do man? nobody wants to go play in a park that's just ridiculously hard to like hit that ball out
0: and it's cold there it's like usually in the 50s all year 50s 60s and separate they're
1: probably going to be living in shacks like with silicon valley dudes with like six other silicon <laughs> valleys doing freaking AI startups on how to, they're probably helping out how to do an AI robot startup. You know, at this point, AI pitching out there, Robocon. Yeah. So it's just like, yeah, I don't know, man. Just everybody's driving Teslas, bro. You know, I don't know. You know,
0: I, I, I'm fascinated. Logan Webb's kind of been funny on Twitter. They're they're a star I pitcher, like him, but I'll, he's a yeah, He's on the woods, so. Was he?
1: Yeah, he got suspended for the EDs.
0: Oh, I totally forgot he about it, and it
1: was in the minors. I was surprised yeah. too. I was. I looked it up and I was like, "Wait a second! He got suspended for BEDs." Yeah, and he got suspended. So, but it's just like, I mean, I think the best Giants teams, when you go back and look at them, they were all homegrown. Like those key pieces: Pablo Sandoval, Buster Posey, Matt Cain. Um, they were all homegrown guys, and they went and sprinkled in the trade market. Forget like guys like Hunter Pence, Carlos Beltran, Barry Zito, Tim Lincecum was a homegrown guy. So that's. I think that's just the way to go with them right now. It's kind of going to be hard to attract guys. And the thing is, too, like the only guys you're going to really attract are those like Japanese foreign foreign products because, you know, Cubans and Dominicans and Latinos, we don't want to go out to SF. We want to be in Miami, New York. We want to be East Coast. Like go look at Eduardo Rodriguez, perfect example. They tried shipping him out to L.A. And he was like, no, screw that. I'm not going out to L.A. I'll stay in freaking Detroit you tell that to an American, an American will be like, fuck yeah. But, of course, he might be the – that will actively pick Detroit versus Los Angeles. I don't know why they don't make him a Detroit versus everybody t-shirt personalized Eduardo Rodgers.
0: Yeah, you're right. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what they do the rest of the offseason because I still think they're, they're a few moves away from, from competing, especially in that division. I don't
1: even think they're a few moves away. I just think they're probably – I just think you need to do a hard reset at this point because it's just like, what are you going to do? Like, Arizona's ascending. Uh, L.A. is there. And, I mean, you're going to be competing with San Diego – and when you look at it, there's more people willing to go to San Diego than San Francisco, so just uh, screw it just just do a little hard totally. reset, you know, build up that farm a little bit because like it's not like their farm is weak, like their farm is pretty strong, and it's not far off from those dudes coming up so
0: yeah yeah they, they're they're strong with their arms, Kyle Harrison um alongside uh, Carson. Yeah, Marco Luciano is the shortstop. Carson uh Weisenhunt is another arm that they got coming up in that farm system. So, they have arms. They have they have Logan Webb obviously uh, leading that rotation and yeah, eh, it, it's just a bit of an overpay and it reeked of desperation for Bama. They got they got that uh, guy, what's his name?
1: The, the I like the draft pick they got from Bama. The the Otani. uh or, Oh, oh, oh. Not, not not the one coming up next year, which we'll talk about Bryce Eldridge, yeah, Bryce exactly Eldridge that guy, yeah. He's like six foot five, six foot seven, something like that.
0: Yeah, he's six, yeah, six seven, two twenty-three, nineteen years old. He wants to play both sides. So it'll be interesting to see and, and follow his career as well moving forward. So and then let other moves. Can we moves, talk about one other uh, thing
1: too before we talk about these like really small moves? Uh, yes, Cody Bellinger is quite interesting. Um we have not heard anything. Uh between Chicago and Toronto is what we're hearing. Um the problem is is like Chicago doesn't want to pay him because go look at their farm. Their top guys, P. Crow Armstrong, is right there. Their top prospects are all outfielders, and you don't want to block a dynamic can- talent like P. Crow Armstrong in center. And it's just like you're gonna pay how much money to play him at first base, and you're, he's very athletic. Uh. And then Toronto, bro, right? It, it, yeah. And then Toronto, he's
0: wasted at first.
1: And then Toronto, bro, what are you gonna do in Toronto, bro? Like you're really trying to pay that Canadian tax, get that Canadian bank account. You know, go to Scotiabank, uh, eat uh what's it called, pizza pizza. Like, i really trying to do that? Like that team, bro, Toronto's gonna be real interesting when we finish this offseason because they have done absolutely nothing. And like we're like we've seen that this team is flawed.
0: They are. Yeah, they're not perfect. Uh they're immature, they're young. They have not done a single bro, thing this offseason. You can't
1: use that immature and young. They're not young anymore, bro. That's like saying like your brother yeah. who's twenty years old is young. Like you can't be making the same mistakes at twenty one. You can't be making the same mistakes like oop. I I, I freaking forgot to pay my rent. Oh, he he's young, you know. Like you can't. Yeah. You.
0: They they've had years of experience now. That's yeah, that's true.
1: You can't be using the same. Oh, they're young. They're inexperienced. Like bro, they've been to the postseason twice and they gotten their shit kicked. in the-
0: I feel like the only guys we've heard rumors on recently are Yam is Yamamoto.
1: Hey. I'm telling you, we're gonna wake up one of these days. Yanomoto is in Toronto, and we're gonna see. hundred oh, percent. We're gonna see the Drake curse again with him posting up with the Yanomoto jersey.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's let's run through some of these other other deals before we get out of here. Boston they made a trade. They got Tyler O'Neill uh, from the Cardinals in exchange for right handed reliever Nick Robertson and right handed starter Victor Santos. O'Neill has a year of arbitration before he becomes a free agent uh really bad year last year did not vibe at all with Oli Mormal, the Cardinals manager who vibes, with that guy? Uh, a,
1: who vibes with that guy
0: nobody he had a 94 OPS plus in 72 games injured again a lot last year only hit nine home runs but the talent is there you know he had eight, he finished eighth in MVP voting in 2021 hit like 37 home runs something like that this year so i think my biggest thing with O'Neill is he needed a change of scenery. So I think getting out of St. Louis, getting into Boston with the with the with the Green Monster can hit home runs over in left field. I actually like this move for Boston. I think this is a good get. It's a buy low, buy really low for a guy that has, I mean, maybe not MVP upside anymore, but he has 30 home run potential. I, I like this move for Boston. I
1: have a question. And yes. this will be my only take for this trade. Verdugo or Tyler O'Neill?
0: I mean, I think Production wise, you take Verdugo every time. Upside wise, I well, think O'Neill maybe I'm, has I'm, more upside. I'm,
1: I'm asking one; you have to pick one. You can't be like, "Oh, this no." Pick one. Verdugo.
0: I'll take the sure thing. Take the sure thing. I'd
1: rather have I'd rather have O'Neill more toys to play with. Okay. He's fixable, and if you yeah. if you're able to unlock him, you've pretty much found your outfielder for the future.
0: And I think yeah, I, th- I think it- Alex Cora is a great manager for him. So I I think this is a good move for Boston. It's a I'm good pickup. Saying, and he, it's saying, a one year thing, you it- know. Five point five projected in arbitration. I'm just saying it's an upgrade. Oh, I'm just saying it's an
1: upgrade from Verdugo. I mean Verdugo, okay. Verdugo. We know what he is. I don't think there's much ceiling. I mean here here's better in fantasy football terms for you fantasy football listeners. Verdugo has the has a stable floor, but the lower ceiling. Tyler O'Neill has the higher ceiling, but the floor is like sky low.
0: Yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. That take for sure. Okay. Outside of that, you know, the Royals have been active. They signed Will Smith to a one-year, five million dollar deal. They signed Seth Lugo on a three-year, forty-five million dollar deal, and they signed Chris Stratton on a two-year, eight million dollar deal. Will Smith has won a ring in the last three seasons, so maybe the Royals are going to win the World Series next year. Uh he had a 4-4 ERA in 60 games last year for the Rangers, had a 10.8 ERA and in three innings pitch in the playoffs last year. Uh Seth Lugo, I actually like this coming over from San Diego, 357 ERA in 26 starts and 146.1 innings piss for the Padres last year, 115 ERA plus. Guy that can, you know, be a long reliever or or, or start. He started more so last year for the Padres, but in 2020. Uh twenty twenty two he was more of a reliever. And then Stratton, another reliever coming over from from the Rangers. Uh had a three nine two ERA in sixty-four games last year with St. Louis and Texas and a nine ERA in four games in four innings pitch in the playoffs last year. So Royals loading up on pitching.
1: So okay, so Seth Lugo will be he'll be pitching in August with the Phillies. Will Smith will be pitching for the Mariners in August, and Chris Stratton. He'll be in
0: Texas uh, in October. You think so? You think these guys are all getting shipped off,
1: bro? This is just trying to like make it look that we're competitive, trying to hit that those thresholds, buddy. <laughs> trying to hit them freaking thresholds and be like, "Yep, we're spending. We're not actively tanking."
0: Yeah, I think that's that's fair, and I, we can talk about another team that did something like that. Roddy Tellez to the Pirates. One year, three, $3. point two million dollars. with the, Pir- the annual pirates one year first base. Team. What is the f- fetish
1: with the tigers and journey? No, the pirates and the Journeymen first baseman, Carlos Santana, Jung Ho. What is it? Jung G Man Troy, G Man Troy. Like it's just a fetish. Like they just love <laughs> these dudes that like travel around Major League Baseball. They have to be thick. They're all thick. Like, <laughs> they're all thickly built dudes that hit bops. <laughs> At this, you know, they end up getting traded to a Milwaukee, a uh, Cleveland, some NLAL Central team will end up with them by the trend. Then, and they're all lefty bats. Oh yeah, like it's just a fetish for them. Like they're just like, ah man, over two fifty-six foot, you know, Big Bopper hit twenty to twenty-five home runs one
0: season. Ah, let's give them that contract. Yeah. And then we had Jack Flaherty to the Tigers in like one this. year's four, I, 14 month. I like
1: this move. I feel like, again, another really, really, like, very much buy low. I mean, if you hit the jackpot, I mean, you can just trade him at the deadline and just load up on the prospects. If not, hey, you know, you just let him crash and burn and prove that he has to go to the relief pen. I'm a Jack Flaherty guy, so I hope he gets together. You know, but I think this is a great move. Like I said, this is very much ty- same Tyler O'Neill esque Very high ceiling, very low floor.
0: Yeah, he's another guy that struggled with injury, but the upside is there. Fourth in Cy Young voting in 2019, uh, but struggled big time last year. Had a 5 ERA and 144 innings pitch for the Cardinals and no, No
1: expectations. In the Orioles, there was expectations. None. Cardinals, there's absolutely no expectations. It's just, if if you hit, it's fool's gold. It's like finding a quarter. It said it's like finding 100 bucks in the bottom of your couch, you know, at this point, you know? Finding a loose change in your couch.
0: Yeah, so they bring in Flaherty and Maeda. Another... Former AL Central arm Tyler Malley to the Rangers. I think two years twenty two mil. I think this is a big uh, he move. did get time- I think this is a big go ahead.
1: Um, I think this kind of signals the end that Jordan Montgomery, there was rumblings at their TV contract that Ballis mm-hmm. was gonna go bankrupt and that they weren't gonna able to pay Jordan Montgomery money. I kind of just feels like that this is just embarking binning and doing a series of moves to you know the patch up. I I still think if Jordan Montgomery doesn't return to the Rangers, which is looking increasingly likely, I think we also have to keep in mind that, like, I wouldn't be surprised that Kershaw signs some type of, like, one-year, $20 million deal or some type of deal to go to Texas. He is a Texas guy. He already has his ring. He wants the ring again. It's just like, what's where is the easier path to get to the World Series? I think Texas is easier to get to the World Series. I mean, Houston. I mean, they just did it. I mean, Houston's on the downslope. There's so many questions with the Dodgers. The NL is going to be, like, the NL East is, like, ridiculous. Like, it's craziness. Like, the NL East is, like, you know, it's murderer's row. And the AL, you only really have to just, like, the AL East will do its, like, it's not that hard. The Central teams are going to be better next year. Everybody's like, oh, well, the Central is shit in the NL. But I think the NL Central is actually going to be fairly competitive. Like, I think Agree. the Cardinals and the Yankees had very similar seasons where we saw the lowest of the lows of both of them. The Reds are going to be – the Reds still are, like, loading up on moves. The Cubs are going to be there. And, um, I mean, the Brewers haven't put up the white flag yet, but, like, they look like they're going to be fielding a somewhat competitive team. So I would imagine – You going into the AL, it's going to be a very, it's easier, you know, to get to the World Series. I don't know about.
0: I would agree. You don't know about what? I
1: don't know about two, but I just think the AL is just an easier path to get to the end.
0: Yeah. I think anytime you have like the Phillies and the Braves, an ascending Diamondbacks team now, they're, yeah, the NL is loaded and the American League are really worrying about the Yankees and the. Like Orioles. the Astros that are on the fall and the Rangers, but you're
1: really expecting the Orioles to take another jump, which they haven't really yeah. done anything to jump. You're really expecting the Blue Jays to stay consistent when they haven't done anything. All we've seen is attrition on that team. Um, the Yankees, as much as we want to praise their moves, you, like there's still a lot that's necessary. You know that as a Yankees fan. Like, they're, they're still shopping. They're still they're still at the yeah. supermarket trying to get their ingredients to go cook. You know.
0: Yeah, there's still moves needed to be made with the Yankees for sure. So um So yeah. I, I, I think that's a good point. Uh and he Mally did get Tommy John surgery last year, so he's gonna be out until like the all star break, maybe even later. Uh, only had five stars last year for the twins. But I, I think it's a good move for the Rangers, kind of adding rotation depth. Um but is Degrom going to be back for them next year? I don't think so. I think right, he will be. I mean, but late, later in the year. Can we also talk about the biggest loser right
1: now to this point of the of the whole like free agency right now?
0: Yeah, player wise or team wise.
1: Well, player wise, I think it's Blake Snell. Cause I think it's been very quiet for him and Josh Hader. It's been very quiet. Like people are like Josh Hader is probably one of the elite closers right now. If there are elite closers, if we're going to classify them. And his he has absolutely no market at this point. Uh the only yeah. market is LA, but I think LA is not going to spend on a closer right now because they have bigger fish to fry. And with Blake's now, it's like okay, we're kind of waiting on the Yamamoto. The dude just want to sign young, and nobody's going to be paying him the the money that's necessary.
0: And then so wh- so yeah, sorry. Who, where were you going to go with that question? And then team the wise, was, team
1: wise, I think the Twins. The Twins lost a lot, bro. Like I was just thinking when you said that the Mali, Maeda, and Sonny Gray—they've lost a lot, and they haven't
0: replaced Emilio Pagán. They lost,
1: yeah. And it's just like Michael Taylor's still in free agency. So they've lost a lot, man.
0: It's a good point. That's a good point, point. and it's maybe not a team you'd think of to as like a big loser so far. They lost Dylan Floro as well. Um, not that he was amazing or anything, but that's a loss, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's like what are they going to be turning out there? Triple A dudes at this point.
0: That that who else? I mean, else I mean you
1: could lost. they lost. I mean, you could they bro. These moves kind of open the door for the Tigers.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that's when we know we're in deep, deep water. This is we're deep into the podcast. you are suggesting it, about that the about Tigers,
1: like, Cleveland, has a new management, and you know Shane Bieber's on the decline. Everybody's talking about the trade, but like he has absolutely no trade value because he's been a sinking ship since the COVID year. I mean.
0: Yeah, okay. I would been, the White Sox The White Sox are a train wreck. The Royals are not going to be much better. And the Twins may be a little bit on the downswing, but I think right now the Twins would be the odds-on favorite to win that division. Oh, so, yeah, I mean,
1: my big a, thing was, with from, from Detroit, man, why not sprinkle a, a couple hundred <laughs> bucks on Detroit, man?
0: I think a, a bet on Detroit is a bet on Jack Flaherty rebounding.
1: Hey, hey, Detroit versus everybody, baby.
0: Michigan hey, versus everybody. also
1: something we got to keep in mind. I think one of these central teams could be a good landing spot for Trevor Bauer. Like, you know, Yeah, very, yeah. He, Trevor Bauer can't go to a big market. Let him go somewhere very low stakes and, you know, rebuild that value up. So, I mean, hey, maybe Minnesota would get be a nice fit. I don't know if that'd be a great fan base for him to go to. I don't know if Mi- Middle America will quite tolerate a Trevor Bauer, but I think he, it'd be a solid move.
0: Yeah. i would be fascinated to see if slash where he ends up. <laughs> I mean, that's it. That's all. That's all I got here on my end. I mean, from, we can from quickly this past I mean, week of free agency.
1: The I was about to say the wrong word, but the Guardians uh, ended up winning the uh, the MLB draft lottery. The Ohio teams went one yeah. two. Cincinnati got the second pick in the draft. It's looking like it's going to be JJ Weatherholt, the shortstop, middle infielder from West Virginia, going one
0: Reds. It's early days, but good job for the Reds, man.
1: Woo, hey, get rid of all these prospects, and now we're going to reload it with a. Blue chip piece at number two. I mean, I've looked at some of the guys in the draft.
0: There's probably it's like a two or three man player draft, I think. It's not going to be what it was last year. But,
1: but 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 like looking at it, you got the buddy from Wake Forest who played D two Double A in Tennessee, uh, and yeah, at Baylor in Chattanooga, you have mm-hmm. uh, Caglioni.
0: Yeah, I like him. He, that's a good bat slash pitcher I mean, actually from Florida.
1: And I mean, also thinking about that would be a really good. Uh, like these, the Reds would be a really good landing spot for them because they did deal with Hunter Green and, you know, they got good rapport and developing pitchers. So, hey, I mean.
0: Yeah, and they got, um, I'm blanking on who's the guy they drafted last year? Rhett Louder. Rhett Lauder. They got him as well, right? Yeah, but
1: he's more of a three-four guy. I'm just saying, like, if it want something like a Hunter Green, like pure upside, just batting on, just honing in on his potential, I mean, granted hunter green right now i mean he's not what he was built out to be but i think you'd be happy as a team if you like you wouldn't be like pissed off from that that you have hunter green in your rotation
0: no no he's a really high upside guy and he's still super But i mean if
1: he doesn't grow if he doesn't grow like i mean you wouldn't be you wouldn't be upset like you no no granted you would be upset that you spent like top three capital and he didn't develop into anything more but i don't think you'd be upset that he's on
0: your roster He's not a well, think of how many top three. Think of how many top three guys aren't even you know consistent MLB
1: players. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I'm just saying if you're if you if if you're a team and you have and, and you have Hunter Green, like I don't think it, it's the biggest end all be all replacing a guy like Hunter Green. Like if you're the Yankees and he's no. on your roster, you're not actively trying to find something better.
0: So, fair enough. Fair enough. You got anything else before we before we wrap up here?
1: Today? None whatsoever. I mean, we, we'll, we'll probably run it back when Yanamoto signs, a.k.a. Y-squared. But, uh, I mean, let's see what more dates he goes, bro. Let's see where, where, where he gets taken. I mean, he's getting all these overnights, bachelor style. Like, let's see uh, where the next one-on-one is. Because at this point, he's taking one-on-ones with everybody. He's open for business. Pause.
0: Yeah, Yamamoto is certainly enjoying the free agent, uh, experience. And and we hope you enjoyed this episode and, and the experience of it. Uh, thank you all for listening. Please like rate review if you enjoyed, and we will be back whenever Yamamoto signs or sometime next week with the latest hot stove updates. Thank you all for listening. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Peace out.